What in the world happened to Magic Johnson? How did the Lakers fall into such disarray? Will they ever be back in the high life again? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey, sports fans, Coach Nick here, and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Today, I am excited to have on Anthony Irwin, who is the host of Locked On Lakers podcast and has everything to know about the Lakers and what happened in this emergency Magic Johnson podcast. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on. Let's break it down. What do you say? I can't wait, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little surprised here. I, what happened with Magic? Well, you know, we could talk about Caruso's great ending of his season, if you like, instead. Is that, is he's that the, he's the actual greatest point guard in, in Lakers history. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Now, I have one of my mentors who's a coach is like gushing about him. I keep trying to tell him, I'm like, just don't get your hopes up about <laughs> Alex Caruso. I just don't think the context indicates he's going to be able to do that in a normal setting. No, probably not. I mean, there there are no scouting reports on the guy. All that all that he really needs to do though is be good enough to get an NBA contract and be like a you know, a, a high third backup point guard, you know, second backup point guard or or low primary backup point guard. That's I think that's a decent ceiling for him. All right. Well, fair enough. Well, let's take a U-turn here then, because yeah. we want to talk about magic and what happened yesterday. If you were under a rock, uh, he had an impromptu press conference that turned into a um, basically it was sort of like a uh, like, like he went to a psychiatrist's office and sort of let out a lot of issues he might have had throughout the whole season. So let's back up, though, and let's begin at the beginning, because um, let's just start with this. How much of a, of a surprise was it that he was hired to be the president of basketball operations to begin with last summer? It wasn't that big of a surprise. He he was positioning himself quite a bit, even while Jim Buss and, and Mitch Kupchak held their jobs. He was saying, oh, you know, I'll be there to consult. I'm not there to steal anybody's jobs. But everybody watching knew he was there to steal everybody's job. Uh, and then, you know, so he gets the job. The surprise to me, and I think the mistake, was Palenka. Uh, and, and, you know, usually, so if you if you put somebody in power, who has zero experience in that job, in the top job of a basketball or, or organization, you need to act, you know, supplement them with some experience, right? And a lot of people were thinking Jerry West, but Jerry West and Jeannie Buss are not even really on speaking terms at this point. Uh, so, so Jeannie, I think initially approached, and I've I've kind of confirmed this. She approached Kobe, who didn't want to do it. And then she went to the person standing next to Kobe. That was Palinka. But apparently, you know, unfortunately, he had no experience. And and Magic said last night he had no relationship with Palinka before they started working together. And and, you know, I, I just think the way it all played out was. Was not shocking. <laughs> there was there were a ton of mistakes that happened from a lack of experience. And and, you know, Magic even stepping down yesterday. Did I think it was going to happen yesterday? Obviously not, but we saw him step away from his uh, late night show after like 13 episodes. He stepped away from uh, coaching after 16 games, right? So it, this idea that, that Magic might not commit to working hard and seeing something through the end, like that shouldn't really shock anybody. Okay, fair enough. Now, was it ever clearly delineated uh, what Magic was supposed to do versus what Rob Polinka was supposed to do? 
So Magic was in charge of the big things, right? Getting in the room with LeBron James. This upcoming summer, he was going to get in the room with Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard and 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 whomever else that that the Lakers were going to try and go for. Uh, I think one one reading of of this situation here is that potentially he thought because of some of the way the winds were blowing here that potentially he didn't have a chance or as big a chance at those guys uh and 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 you know maybe even getting in the room or if he did get in the room would he be able to convince them so that's one reading of the situation the other thing too Tanya Ganguly last night hinted at an ESPN report that's supposedly dropping either today or tomorrow or or in the near future that hints at some misconduct with people at the inside the organization uh, that 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 could be dropping here. So there, there's any number of reasons why he stepped away. But in terms of like their functions, so Magic was in charge of the big things. Rob Palenka was in charge of the small things, the day to day things. Um, and and neither of them, I, I guess, technically speaking, Magic was good at what he did. Right. He got LeBron. You know, if it, 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 that's one reading of the situation. Palenka on the margins has not been very good. And, and again, it's it's. And and there are reports already surfacing that uh, Genie is considering keeping Palenka. So who knows? Oh, I, I think Ramona even said that he she is keeping him. Right? Did I see that? Did I read that right? Yeah. So I, it's she says that that's the way that Genie seems to be leaning right now. I, I guess I'll believe it when it's officially announced. One thing that the Lakers will sometimes do is they'll kind of float an idea out there, mm-hmm. see what the response is, and then kind of <laughs> rethink it. This one was met with unilateral negative response huh and in that kind of case you got you got to take that into account well let's put the signal on and change lanes for a half a second for a few miles because i want to ask you uh palinka is probably most uh criticized for the roster construction of this year uh and a lot of strange decisions made there the question I have is, is was, were those decisions even his ideas in, to begin with in the context of bringing LeBron James onto this team? You know, I don't think we'll ever know that for sure. I think, you know, Magic has that now infamous interview at Summer League where he was talking about, you know, the various signings that they made and, and the teams that he scouted to make those signings and how he said that the teams that shot well wound up being eliminated from playoff contention and you can't out warriors, the warriors and all those things. Right. And, uh, so he makes, so he has that interview and then Sam Amick of the athletic last night reported that magic had actually started floating out or, or, or that the front office was floating out that it was actually Luke Walton's preference to, to, to do that. Uh, but to me, like, I, I think you're right by saying it was Palenka because again, it's magic was in charge of the big things. Polinka was in charge of the marginal things and, and those marginal things, the Rondo signing, the Beasley signing, JaVale was fine this year. I think Lance was Lance. Uh, but, but those marginal signings that, that falls under the category of what we thought Polinka was in charge of and, and he should have to answer for him. And he didn't even take an exit interview today. That's a wild thing. Right. So now and KCP was on the Lakers simply because of LeBron, right? Yeah, that was that was a make good on on the clutch side of things. Okay, right. So so okay, so there definitely was some influence. I guess maybe yeah, we'll never know exactly how much, but I was just kind of curious because this is the next part of the question, which it sets up Luke Walton for a very difficult season. Even though it started out nicely, it was probably where they everyone thought they were going to be around fourth or fifth. 
Um, but what was, you know, the first inkling that Trouble in Paradise was occurring, I think, was when Magic and Luke Walton had some sort of a yeah. dust up in no, early November. And I was yeah. wondering, you know, what what is the beef? What is Magic's issue with Walton? I don't know if it's necessarily a beef with Walton per se. It's that Magic wanted his guy. Ma- Honestly, the, Magic's Magic's. I think his his biggest regret in the timing of taking this gig was that he took it after Byron Scott was such a disaster that he couldn't be hired again. Because if he had his if if there was a complete blank slate here and it was in the hiring would be made completely in a vacuum, I think Magic would go with Byron. That's the closest coaching friend that he has out there. Uh, and then and then the next best thing I think he considers is Jason Kidd. Uh, and then after that, I think he considers Mark Jackson. And it's and it's all of these kind of former players, uh, former point guards, although in Byron's case, he was a shooting guard. Uh, it's it's a lot of guys that that Magic thinks he would see eye to eye with. And, and you know, Luke isn't that he was a small forward. He was not a superstar. He's not a Hall of Famer. He's he, you know, he's a role player. He's fine. Um, and and, you know, I, I think Magic. There was I'd even go back before the seven game in meeting that they had. LeVar Ball was out there trashing Luke Walton and Magic never said a thing. Magic had every opportunity to step up and say, yo, LeVar, that's enough, you know, and 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 never didn't even do that, let alone say anything about, no, we stand behind Luke Walton. It was always Jeannie Buss who was out there tweeting about how I think it was the hashtag was we stand with Luke or in Luke we trust or something like that. Huh. Now, that was also part of the issue here is because, um, I mean, aside from that, I mean, I guess aside from the notion of he wanted his his own guy and that's sort of what that was what it was. It had nothing to do with the fact that maybe maybe Luke was a good coach. Maybe he knew what he was doing and it's I don't care. I just want somebody who's with me. I guess that's the idea. Or am I inferring that in mm-hmm. even in the fact that he wanted his guys that he knew better? Is there an inference that there was some issue where they just couldn't communicate well between Magic and Walton? Is that a thing or not? I don't think they ever were on the same page well enough to communicate. Like I, I, I'd put it this way. I don't think Magic was ever all that interested in communicating with Luke Walton. Okay. I, I, from, from what I've gathered, he was more interested in, okay, well, when – I don't think he ever thought Luke Walton would be able to succeed – and when Luke Walton wouldn't succeed, like last yet last night, he wouldn't even refer to Luke by name. He kept referring to him as him, right? So I think he was waiting for Luke to fail, uh, and then Walton didn't fail, and and he was succeeding in ways that that Magic I Magic wanted to, to succeed in his own way. That's the thing with some of these point guard, you know, control freaks when they get into these positions of power is. Everything has to be done their way. It's why I'm not sure Chris Paul will be particularly good as a head coach. Uh, Mark Jackson, we saw it in in Golden State, where it, by the time he was out of there, he had people spying on him because they were concerned he was going to turn around and do the same to him or mm-hmm. to them. Uh, so, you know, I think Magic wanted it done his way. He wanted all of the credit. It's why he sent out D'Angelo Russell. He didn't draft D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I think had he had the opportunity, I mean, he tried to send out Brandon Ingram for Anthony Davis multiple times. I I think Magic not only wanted to succeed, but he wanted to succeed where he got 100% of the credit. If you have a podcast or are thinking about starting one, because, you know, who isn't starting a podcast these days, then you have to join the over 140 million others that use Wix to publish their shows. You can start and publish for free 
Choose from over 500 stunning templates. Did I say stunning? And unlimited storage. The design is so easy to use with drag and drop technology that in only a few minutes, you'll be up and running. One of the best ways to get your podcast noticed is to have a beautiful hosting site. And Wix will do that for you with their artificial intelligence and built-in SEO so that all the search engines easily find your site. Best of all, you can save 10% off your yearly premium plan if you head over to Wix.com slash podcast. That's W-I-X.com slash podcast. Wix, the place to create professional websites. So what was the dynamic then ultimately between um, like how this works between Magic and Genie? If Genie is doing hashtag free Walton and <laughs> Magic is like, I got to get rid of him. Like, did that end up becoming the crux of the matter here where he just felt like he, he, he would be in trouble if he fired Luke because she, she wouldn't, Luke and Jeannie Buss were so close? So this is where stories kind of fly in the face of each other. Last night, after he was done with that one-man podcast for 40 minutes, he went and, and did one-on-ones with various people. He did a one-on-one with the LA Times. He did one with Chris Haynes. And in the one that he did with Chris Haynes, he – now, Chris Haynes said sources, but everybody saw Magic talking to Chris after the, after the fact. And, and Magic basically told Chris that he had permission to fire Luke Walton. And he didn't want to do that to Walton or whatever. The explanation just didn't make very much sense, right? And if something doesn't make very much sense, that you're allowed to at that point speculate what else was going on. I, From what I've heard over the last couple of weeks, especially when the Lakers started winning, right? When the G League guys started playing and the Lakers started winning and they were beating playoff teams with G League guys, it got to a point where Jeannie would say in meetings, we aren't talking about Luke. Like we could talk about anything else. We could talk about roster construction. Uh, we could talk about anything that you want, uh, but we are not going down that path with Luke Walton. And I think, you know, I, I think it came to a head now again. We got to see what, what comes out with this with the article and, and, and what comes to fruition with that and whether or not Magic was kind of sort of pushed out or, or stepped away before the crap really hit the fan. Mm-hmm. But, but in this case, Jeannie was very adamant, and this was one of the only things that I think they didn't see eye to eye on. Well, let's touch upon the article for a second because it did come up in his podcast yesterday. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was interesting because he instantly went to disgruntled employee uh, reasoning behind what he thinks is going to be this article. So what do you know about this? Because, again, the outward-facing image of magic is he's got the smile. He's, you know, everyone loves him. How, po- how could he possibly be someone that some people wouldn't get along with? What do you know about it? All I know at this point is that Magic so, – so there was a report at the time of the November – I think it was 7th meeting or 14th meeting with Luke Walton that uh, I think Bill Orem called Magic a volatile presence in the organization. Uh, and, and that was a sourced report that people who were working for the Lakers at that time were willing to go so far as to say Magic it, it can't be predicted. And I think the one thing with Magic is – like, ask yourself this outside of the coaching stint and outside of the uh, late night show, when has magic been outright unsuccessful at something? It just doesn't happen very often, right? He's, he's a borderline billionaire at this point. He, he doesn't get told no very often. And I don't know how he handles being told no, um, in any regard. And, and I think in that respect, from, from what I've been able to gather and, 
and from some of the whispers that are are coming out in this thing, and I don't want to speculate on it because that's where you really get into danger. But but from when I've heard, it was it was a lot of the anytime Magic was told no or or things weren't going in his direction, he didn't handle it very well, and the way that he handled that with his employees was was not particularly productive. Fair enough. That's too bad. I was hoping you'd give me a little bit better of a quote I could yeah, put all I know, over I know. Uh, you know Twitter. But okay. <laughs> I don't, um, I'm not trying to get sued for libel. Yes, but thing. but I, I, it is provocative, the notion that you said, like, maybe he got out in front of this because he knew he was going to lose his job uh, because of it. Like, did somebody whisper, hey, we're just about ready to work with this thing. It's not going to be good for you. And then, you know, his his the wheel started churning in the, even within a few minutes before because I, it, it's pretty well documented now that uh, nobody, aside from Magic, had any idea he was stepping down before he started speaking to the, the, the uh, media yesterday. Is that is that right? Yes. He had been away from what I have heard from the from the facilities for like five weeks. He hadn't been around. And now, you know, maybe he was answering emails, answering calls or whatever, but he hadn't been at the facility in upwards more than a month. And uh, he said so this is where, again, he was contradicting himself quite a bit yesterday. One of the things that he said was he woke up that day and kind of decided there and then that he was going to step down. He also said, though, that previously he had had a meeting with Jeannie, and then we've come to find out also after the fact that he had a meeting with Magic or with uh, LeBron and with Rob Polinka and with LeBron's team, in which he said there he sat there and knew he wasn't going to be around longer. Right, so it's those those two things can't <laughs> exist at the same time. I don't know what the timeline is there, uh, but I, I do know though that that. The Lakers are pretty concerned about this, and 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 ESPN, from from what I've heard, from some of the people who are you know bracing themselves for this, ESPN has been working on this for upwards of like six months, so it's going to be thorough. It's it's probably going to be pretty expl- uh, inflammatory, and and we'll see what comes out of it. And and I don't think we'll ever get a straight answer from any of the involved parties on this. Uh, I remember when. Something as obvious as when the Lakers were trying to trade for Anthony Davis, Jeannie Buss said that it was fake news, right? And it's just like my thing was you can't one that makes you sound more guilty. That phrase does, and then two, you can't call a report that you just simply don't like fake. Everybody saw it. It was one of the most widely reported stories across the entire sports hemisphere, <laughs> and and she's saying it didn't exist. So. If that's if that's how she approached that something this inflammatory potentially she she might have she might have a similar approach. Well, and we know why Magic was gone for five weeks because he was busy scouting all the NBA players on Michigan oh, State's totally. team, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. So yeah. yeah, so I mean that's understandable. Now um, let's talk about that for a second because the, the other rumors, the other whispers coming out are that he really didn't work hard at all, and and uh, you know what what does that mean as far as you know what we would normally expect from a president of basketball operations. Well, it meant that the Lakers were operating from a position of weakness. They're they're already trying to catch up. You know this. I mean, you, you pay attention more to the NBA at large than I do. Uh, and and one thing that I've from from people that I've heard from non-Lakers people is everybody's just kind of laughing at how far behind the Lakers have become. Their analytics department is antiquated. Uh, they finally fired their their trainer today, Marco Nunez. They they got rid of him, and I think I, I'm hoping they fire the Kardashian trainer that they employ. Uh, but but they are pretty far behind everybody else. 
And in in this is just another regard here where they just they need to catch back up. And I don't know in in which ways they will, especially if 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 as is has been reported so far, Palinka is is apparently going to get more power. I don't know how how they're going to go about that, but uh, I, I think for where Magic currently sits right now, where the Lakers currently sit right now, the the work ethic was a legitimate concern on top of the uh, the the antiquated aspects of the organization, and this was something that was reported upwards of a year ago. Like Dan Levitard was was lambasted, called a racist for saying that his sources were were told were telling him that Magic wasn't uh, working very hard. When I heard that and I aggregated it, I reached out to some of the people that I knew back then, and I heard the same thing. That was upwards of a year ago, and and you know for for them to say, oh no, he was scouting this last time. Like no, he he wasn't. There were times where the Lakers would try to people from the Lakers would try to reach out to him. And they literally could not get a hold of their president of basketball operations. They, they, there was, <laughs> there was that that famous now infamous uh, picture of him sitting in a bomb shelter in Hawaii. Do you remember that? No. Wow. <laughs> so that the Lakers couldn't find him, and then there was somebody who was also sitting in this bomb shelter with Magic Johnson. Took a picture of him, and that's how the Lakers found out where Magic Johnson was at the time. Fascinating. Uh, I mean, it's funny. We've heard this a little bit for a couple different uh, situations. Phil Jackson, I think, was somewhere similar where he didn't really, you know, have the energy or whatever the time and, and the work ethic or whatever that was. He didn't do a lot of time in New York. Uh, Mark Jackson, like you mentioned, it sounded like was constantly flying down to L.A. and this sort of not at practice in Oakland a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fascinating that, you know, when, when you get in positions like that, that you don't work, you know, a lot, you know, 60, 80, yeah. 90, 100 hour weeks. It's like what you were expected to do. So, um, well, let's see here. What about um, the, the the other ideas that he was uh, throwing out there at the end of like what he wanted to do? Did it feel to you as if maybe he's just sort of stretched so, so thin with all of his other businesses that it just felt like, you know, that's another reason why he just can't do this because he's much more interested in running his empire? I don't know if it's necessarily a matter of running his empire because he's very hands off. And to kind of get back to take a take to, to take a quick step back to the to the work ethic thing, it's one thing when you have that kind of a work ethic or lack thereof and you delegate properly and you entrust those people that you empower. But what Magic would do is with with Mo Wagner as an example. They drafted this kid Mo Wagner. The uh, scouting department liked Omari Spellman. They they instead of drafting Omari Spellman uh, they they went with Mo Wagner because Magic stepped in and overrode them, right? So it's one thing if you're gonna it and and now how people feel about either player is is kind of doesn't really matter, right? It's it's that Magic spends a ton of time away from the team, and then when he comes back in, just expects to be able to to wield this endless amount of power that he was given, and and that's where you set up the organization for for some awkward moments and then failure, right? Um, but to kind of to, to get back to the question that you're talking about here, these guys who who get these jobs and 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 like the Phil Jacksons, the Magic Johnsons, uh, who get those jobs based off of their name, why would they work hard? <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Like it, it's not it's not like it's a, like Phil Jackson had been away from the game for how long when he was given his opportunity with the Knicks? Oh, well, you know, f- four years maybe, right? Yeah, like half a decade. Magic had been away from the game for a really long time as well, right? And I think they 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 were anticipating stepping into a league, the league that they left. Uh, 
and and I think for for both Magic and Phil, Magic especially, right? He thought that he was he was stepping into the league that he left in the mid '90s, and and it's it's advanced in crazy ways since then. Right. Uh, yeah, and certainly I'm no stranger to having to face people who are screaming at me from a '90s uh, or '80s standpoint <laughs> in coaching. Exactly. So yes, I, that that is interesting uh, as well. Now, what about the uh, as we wrap this up? What about the trade uh, Anthony Davis thing that kind of went down and sounded like it torpedoed the, the team even more than the than the maybe the LeBron injury? Uh, what did Magic play a role in that whole thing anyway? Yes, he he played a central role. Dell Demps wouldn't talk to Palinka. A lot of teams at this point won't talk to Palinka. They don't. They don't. They don't want to deal with him. He's at this point. There are so he was involved. If you remember, the he was Carlos Boozer's agent at the time when he left uh, Cleveland. He told Larry Nance Jr. to buy a house and then traded him. He then told Kyle Kuzma to also buy a house and told him the exact gave him the exact same line that he was not going to trade Kyle Kuzma for anything less than one of the top three best players, as he told Larry Nance Jr. last year, right? Or yeah, it was last year. And and uh, these he has this reputation for being a pathological liar. Uh, and and some of the people from the Lakers also feel that same way about the guy. And and you're looking at a you so magic in a lot of these cases Del Demps or anybody, if he if they did want to talk to the Lakers, it was they wanted to talk to Magic Johnson. They couldn't always get a hold of him, which was part of the problem as well. And then when Magic or the Lakers wanted to turn around and actually make these uh, this transaction happen, by that time uh, New Orleans had soured on on that relationship so much that it was just it was just not going to happen. And and unfortunately, instead of saying okay, fine, you know, wipe your hands clean of it, step away from the ne- negotiating table. The Lakers kept pursuing him. They said, you know, not only not only was it did it become okay, you can you they started at like Lonzo, uh, KCP, and like a first rounder or something like that, which is not a fair deal. I'll grant, <laughs> right? But then they went, okay, you can have Lonzo, Ingram, KCP, and a first rounder, and then it was Lonzo, Ingram, Kuzma, and Hart, and KCP, and a first rounder, and then it was like almost everybody on the roster. And and the one note that I don't think was covered quite enough in that entire debacle was that it wasn't players that New Orleans wanted that made the Lakers back away from the negotiating table. It was a number of draft picks that New Orleans wanted that got the Lakers to hesitate on and, and finally say, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to give you I think it was like four or five first round draft picks that the Lakers just said, nope, we're not going to do that. And they pushed away. And and I think that took a legitimate toll. And then, you know, the way Magic handles it is he called them babies. When people said, hey, how do you think this is going to play in your locker room? Magic Johnson, who has never been on a trading block in his life, went out there and said, no, we got to stop babying these guys. This is a business. What what else did they expect? And, and that didn't go over very well. Right. I, I guess he's forgotten that when he embroiled himself in his own uh, trade thing, when he demanded a trade or Norm Nixon yeah. way back before you were probably born. Um, no, I remember that. Uh, yeah. So um, it was before I was born, but my dad told him. Told yeah. Him about so it. it was it was a thing. He, he was he rehabbed his image. It was it could have been a bad thing for him the rest of his career, but he didn't. You know, the winning does a lot of uh, cures a lot of ills. So um, that is fascinating. And by the way, you did give me now a, a, good, a good quote for Twitter with uh, your evaluation of Rob Polinka. 
But um, that is fascinating to me as well because if it really was about first-rounders and they had a chance to uh, to put Anthony Davis and LeBron James together and they, they wanted to hold on to a couple of crapshoot uh, picks, uh, I, I, that is even worse in my mind. It's like if, give, give them three first-rounders, whatever. Who cares? Well, I think at that point – so we saw this with San Antonio too where – so let's say the Lakers offered up whatever hypothetical trade package that they wanted. The Lakers would have said, okay, and then we want this. And then the Lakers match that, and they, the Spurs say, eh, you know what, now that we think about it, we want this too. And I don't think they ever – the Lakers at this point don't feel as if – Magic literally said they, they didn't feel like they acted in uh, – what was the phrase he used? Oh. But I, I forget I forget whatever phrase he used. But he didn't feel like they, they were meeting them halfway on this. It didn't matter what they offered. They were just – New Orleans was just not going to take whatever package that the Lakers offered up. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think there was never a trade on the table that was anywhere remotely close from either side. Fair enough. Uh, who was leaking all the different trades though? I think both sides. Okay. I think, uh, magic Matt, Brad Turner has a direct line to magic Johnson. Uh, I think Dell Demps comes from San Antonio and, and there's some, some sourcing there between San Antonio and Woj. And I think Rob Palenka has some sourcing with Woj as well. So a lot of the things, the closest you got to the middle, the the, the close, the the better sourced things all kind of met and converged in the middle of that story. It was very obvious when things were coming from the Lakers side. It was very obvious when people when things were coming from the Pelican side, and and when those things converged in the middle, that's when that's when both sides were reporting things that were or were willing to leak things that did, maybe didn't paint them in the best light. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Well, um, is there anywhere to go but up at this point what how the lakers going to salvage this i wrote last night that i was this was that was the most optimistic i had been about the lakers since magic was initially hired right um or or even since lebron came on board the reason for my thinking that was that was such an embarrassing display from magic from an all-time Laker, the, the thing that the Lakers get into trouble with is this I- idea of exceptionalism, nepotism, sycophancy, uh, and cronyism. That that these guys they believe that in order to succeed as a Laker, you need to have formally been a Laker. Well, here is arguably, and in my opinion, the greatest Laker of all time, out there failing miserably. At, at what he did, failing so badly that he had to step away before his, what was it, third season even got underway. Mm-hmm. And and that, to me, thought I, I thought, okay, yeah, they'll learn their lesson from this. They'll, they'll, they'll move forward. They'll realize that in order to catch up to the rest of the league, they need to open up their line of thinking. But then we wake up today and find out that Genie Buss is thinking about promoting Rob Polinka uh, and, and uh, giving a little bit more power to Tim Harris. And then what? <laughs> you know, they didn't learn their lesson. Right. So if they didn't learn their lesson, you can keep falling further. I will say that the any of the top three or four free agents decision process two days ago is the same as it is today, independent of what happened yesterday. Right. I don't even think that that's a concern of what Magic did, because I didn't think the answer is they're not going to Lakers anyway. I don't think that was going to be a thing. Right. I I think had they had they honestly looked themselves in the mirror and reinvigorated their their organization from the ground up. They could have convinced somebody. Huh. I, I just think that there's there was Kawhi Leonard wants to be in L.A. Right, and and I I think 
had the Lakers gone to the playoffs and like maybe fought hard in the first round or gotten to the second round and 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 had a decent season, Kawhi looks like he's just stepping in as like the the icing on the cake on on a team that was already fairly close. But if you're Kawhi's representation, and by going to the Lakers, you can be seen not only as a Lakers savior, but also potentially as a LeBron savior. Like that's there's 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 something that's sellable there. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm not saying that I, that's <laughs> that's how I would bet on this thing all playing out. But the fact that the Lakers doubled down on their mistakes yesterday takes them that that small chance that they had, that grasp on the rope that they might have had with any of these that with any of these free agents. They just threw that rope away. All right. Well, that, that's fascinating stuff and really just terrific insight and information from uh, from a great source. If you're not following him on Twitter, you must. It's Anthony Irwin, L.A. And uh, again, Anthony, thanks so much for coming on the show. Anytime. Thanks for having me. You got it. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. You in? Are you in, Anthony? I am. <laughs> <laughs>